it sounds like. First Peter 2, verses 1 through 9. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a, light, a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Now, I read these verses to you before we go to church this morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to turn on the machine and jump into a lively church meeting going on. Praise God. Ain't that the way they do it in these modern days? Praise God. Only we're going to turn it on from the book of Acts. Peter, being the chief spokesman of the apostles, <clears throat> is now writing, and it is the apostle Peter that continuously reminds us of such instances. Okay? Now, if you look at verse 5, he said, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. Praise God. <clears throat> and so he said, I lay a chief cornerstone, precious, and he that believeth on him shall be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. How many of you believe he's precious? If you believe the Lord Jesus Christ is precious, you're going to have a wonderful walk with God. But if you don't, you're going to have a frustrating time of your life trying 
to accept the things of God. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. Now the Bible will become a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to them that do not accept the word. And Jesus Christ is the word. In the beginning, St. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. St. John 1 and 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He is the Lamb which is slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. It would behoove each and every one of you to study until that becomes clear in your heart and mind. Why did he come? The next time that I come to this pulpit to teach to you, I'm going to preach on the war between the Holy Ghost and demonic angels. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God and the demonic fallen angels are the powers of hell. And that war exists here today no matter what psychiatrists say. Psychiatrists themselves cannot deal with the problem. They think they can, they try to, but they can't do it. They try to sedate it. They try to hold it down and act like it don't exist by their strong drugs. But even the demons of hell are stronger than all the drugs of the world. And you cannot change a person just by using drugs on them. But you can change a person by the power of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, these men, through the laws of Moses and David, to whom they thought they were following, Jesus proved many times while he was on earth preaching that they were not even keeping their own law. They were not following Moses and they were not following David. He proved to that many times to them, but they would not accept it. There are some people who are so stubborn, obstinate, and rebellious to do their own thing. They're not going to be converted any way, shape, or form by the words of Christ. Not even if he's alive on earth. It didn't. It happened when he was on earth. And fact is, it made them so mad, they killed him. Amen. And somebody said, well, if Jesus Christ, if he came to earth today, they'd do the same thing again. But they're not going to this time. Because he's not come to earth wrapped up in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. This time he's coming from heaven, and the Bible said on a white horse, that horse is a symbol of war. And he said he's making war with the nations. 
and I'm thinking of something. You know, the Bible said that God called all the nations to uh, Israel. And it might not be as far off in the making as we think it is. Our planes are going to fly up close to Libya this week just to see what Libya will do. And let me tell you something. If we attack Libya, it'll turn all of the Arabs against us and Israel. And you ain't seen what's fixing to happen. It could be the thing that triggers it all to cause the Lord to come and fight. Hallelujah. Amen. He said he's coming and his eyes are a flame of fire. He's mad. If you read Ezekiel, the 38th chapter, he's so mad his fury flies up in his face. He's not going to be this type of charismatic, loving God that some folks are preaching today when he comes to take care of things who have mocked him, scoffed him, and laughed at his word. Amen. Amen. Now, these men... The Bible said they disallowed the stone. They acted as though he did not exist. There's one wonderful thing about Jesus Christ. It does not make any difference at all if you act like he does not exist. He will prove to you and the world if he can get a handful of men who will let him how great his power really is. Praise God. Praise God. But you must yield unto him. You must yield your members. Now, I'm going to start again where I left off Thursday night. In Acts, the second chapter, reading verses uh, 22 through 24. And I want to show you some of the things. They come to Peter and here there was 120 of them speaking in tongues they were acting drunk they were under the spell of the Holy Ghost and Peter said they're not drunk like you think they are and so they looked at Peter and they said what meaneth this let's God I'm going to preach that for a long time to come the more I get on it the more it gets the greater it gets in my life. What meaneth this? Hallelujah. What meaneth this? I wish there would be an apostolic explosion come forth out of this church that this city was asking, what meaneth this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And only we can cause it by being under subjection to God. And seeking the face of the Lord God. And here he said, ye men of Israel, hear the words of Jesus of Nazareth. He keeps rubbing that Jesus of Nazareth on him. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say it again and again and again. Jesus Christ does not need the professional's help to help you. There's a doctrine being preached now by the 
secular professional world among us that sure the Lord heals but he heals by the hands of doctors I believe that's possible but I don't believe it's necessary at all God don't need a doctor to heal you and God doesn't need a psychiatrist to straighten out your mind Amen Amen and God don't need no jail cell to wash your sins away. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I want to tell you some things this morning. When my God washes you up, cleans you, and touches you with yes, mighty powerful hand, you don't need all of those trashy experiments. All you need is a touch of the master's hand. And he looked at them and said, this Jesus whom you disregarded, this, this Jesus of Nazareth whom you disallowed, this who is the head cornerstone, who you said is nobody. Amen. He has come by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did in him in the midst of you as ye are Cells know, hey, there's some things you cannot deny. You see him heal your sick. You see him put eyes in the empty eye sockets of blind Bartimaeus and see him see with 100% vision. You see him go down and open up the bar while they was marching to the cemetery and open up the bar and look at the boy and said, come forth and present him to his mother alive and well. You seen him speak to the wind and the waves and say, peace, be still, and they settle down. You seen him by your own selves. You know these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm feeling that anointing return. I can't help but say something about talking about Jesus just gets you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Hallelujah. It's the wonderful thing that's ever happened to me. Woo, hallelujah. But he said, you being delivered by the determinate council, there is a group of people always in the face of the earth that are determined to make the people of God look ignorant and stupid. They are determined to make them look powerless. They are determined to do the same thing to Jesus Christ. They're determined today to say uh, the Bible doesn't mean what it says. Then why say anything? I believe the Bible's more powerful than I am. And you can ask my wife and kids, married or unmarried. When I speak in my house, it's not because I'd like to just blow off. When I say yes or no, Greg, that's what I mean. And if you don't want to do it or go along with it, I don't even want to talk to you about it. 
Because I'm not here blowing off. I'm not here to argue, discuss. As a lot of folks want to discuss a bunch of junk. Try to prove that, that uh, you know, we got brains too. I'm not running down your brains. But let me tell some of you folks something. I've lived 46 years nearly. It's just some things don't work. I don't care what you think. There's some things do work. Amen. And I'm going to tell you if that's the way I feel about my word, how do you think God feels about his word? It don't mean what it says. No wonder he's mad. No wonder he's coming back with his eyes on fire. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He said a determinant counsel and is by the foreknowledge of God that you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it's not possible. It's not possible. Men today want to hold Jesus Christ down to he's that tall and he's that wide and God can do this but God can't do that and God can do this but God can't do that and I think God will, will forgive you for this and I think oh they some people serve God only by philosophy. You know what this world needs? This world needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible said them that are the sons of God are led by his spirit not philosophy but the Holy Ghost and I tell you the Holy Ghost will check you on a whole lot of this trash amen you can't run around doing just anything you please and feel the Holy Ghost working alive in your life You want God to stay in you, you'll have to try to keep him there. That means you'll have to listen to him. Obey the word of God. Obey the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. It'll get you excited even at home, Brother Reuben. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Reuben might want to share a wonderful experience with you. Praise God. If he does, I'm sure he will. He shared it with me, and it was very exciting. It really made my night. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 32 and 33 of the second chapter of Acts, and I haven't even started getting unexcited because, you see, it said it's not possible that he could hold you down. I want to tell you today something, folks. They'll tell you out there today that God can't heal you of cancer. They'll tell you out there today that God can't this. They'll tell you out there today that God can't that and God can't this. And, and even the churches and the guys that call themselves preachers. You know, there's a lot of difference between a preacher, a minister of God, and a theologian. A theologian will come out here with a bunch of theory and theological things and theorize the Bible. But a minister of God will come and proclaim his word as it is. 
And I don't want to be a theologian. I have no desire to be a theologian. I don't even want to be known among them. There are them today that have theorized that God can do this and can't do that. But I'm here to tell you that if you come to this altar this morning, believe in God and believe in that he is. And a rewarder of them that believe he will do what you want. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll wash your sins away in that baptismal tank. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost, meaning you will speak in a language you never spoke before by His Spirit, the utterance of His Spirit. Not some trick or deceiving thing we do in here. Amen. And He will heal your body if you believe He will. I don't care what, because Peter said it's not possible by theory it's not possible by education it's not possible by any means man has to hold him and when you read verses 32 this Jesus has God raised up where we are all witnesses. You killed him, but God raised him up. The world's killing him today, but the church can raise him up. Come on. The world wants him hanging on a cross. It isn't but a couple more months and one special day, and they'll proclaim to the whole world how he's still hanging on the cross. Honey, they didn't even read the book. He's not hanging on the cross. The last time you read this book, he's in the midst of seven candlesticks. He's in the church of the living God. He's ministering to the church. He's walking up and down in his church. He's baptizing people with their spirit. He's forgiving them of their sins. He's healing their bodies. He's, he's putting their families together. I'm glad I serve the risen Savior and not a dead Christ today. I'm a witness, hallelujah, of his power this morning. And therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received the of the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost has shed forth this now which you now see and hear. And some folk tell you they got the Holy Ghost and they don't know when and they don't know how and they don't know where. And I'm here to tell you this morning they didn't get no Holy Ghost because this Bible said that when they get the Holy Ghost, you can see it happening and hear it happening. Jesus said, in St. John 3 and 8, as the wind blows, and he said, how can you tell from whence it goes and where it comes? But he said, you see it and you hear it. And he said, so is every man that is born of God. There's a lot of them born again today, but they're not born of God. When you're born to God, you can see it and hear it. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! 
I feel the Holy Ghost up here. I feel the boldness of Christ upon me. It don't sit well with men's tradition. It didn't sit well then, and it don't sit well now, but it's a fact anyhow. They rejected it. Peter come up and said, well, we'd start the third chapter off with a great mighty Holy Ghost revival. Here's a man sitting here from his God knows how long. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that enter into the temple. Sister Elder and I returned from the Holy Lands. I'd like to go back, but I don't think I'm going until things either cool off over there or I get more courage. <clears throat> I wanted to go back to the back of Egypt again. There's a lot of things in the back of Egypt I want to study and, and get straightened out, praise God, because that's the earliest days of man's time. <clears throat> the only way you can go any farther, and I'm sure not going there, is to Babylon, and that's the slab of concrete and dirt that the Iraqis and the Iranians are fighting over right now, and I'm not going down there for sure. They don't like us Americans at all. <clears throat> but I said that only to say this, that in the Middle East, begging is still a way of life. Sister Elder and I come out of the hotel one morning, and there was a woman there that had a little baby all crippled up and she was asking for money for her baby to feed it and us Americans always compassionate you know giving money and, and what's a buck or two you know and a buck over there goes a long ways and so a couple two or three of us gave her a dollar and our tour guide was with her, and I said, it's pitiful, a little baby in that kind of shape, isn't it? And he said, maybe. And I said, oh, I said, what you mean? Well, he said, probably she hired that baby today. He said, a lot of times in this country, they will cripple babies like that when they're born just so they can make a living. Begging is still a way of life over there. <clears throat> and this man was crippled from the Bible said his mother's womb and carried daily to the gate called beautiful to ask alms who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple ask an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us look on us and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them and Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. 
and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto them. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Now I've told you in times past, you will not understand a God-anointed, God-filled apostolic preacher. There is no use you trying to figure me out because you will not do it. My wife lives with me and she can't do it. Because a God-anointed, God-filled apostolic preacher will do anything God tells him to do whether you think it's right or wrong. Well, you think he should go then or shouldn't go then. They said, now the Holy Ghost said, even in a vision, the man that weareth this girdle is going to get in a lot of trouble. And, and Paul said, thanks for the information and for what the Spirit said. Now give me the girdle. I've got a job to do. And he put it on and went down there and got stoned. Oh, we don't want you, pastor, to go down there today. You're going to get hurt. That's too bad. If God said go, we're going. Hallelujah. You're not going to understand an apostolic preacher. Now, let me show you something, okay? And now I'm going to get back on the horse I was riding. And I'm going to show you something. Now, the scripture's right here. Let us look at uh, verse 7. Luke is the writer of this book. Luke is a medical doctor. These are medical terms that this is written in, which should help medical doctors if they weren't so rejective of the word of God. And says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet. This is the only place you find description descriptions like this in the Bible of the anatomy of the body that's being healed. All others is that the Lord laid his hands on them and they was healed. The preacher laid their hands on them and they were healed. But Luke goes into medical terms of describing the lower part and then said ankle bones a socket that was not capable of working, received strength. He probably heard him snapping into place. And then he was amazed at the power of God of him leaping up and walked and entered then into the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. Here's a man that's never walked in his life. That's right. Not once. No therapy at the hospital. He didn't have a walker. He didn't have him cutting and twisting and turning. It all happened 
moment, in a moment, and he was leaping up and praising God. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of a witness I heard. Somebody said, boy, we'd like to have revival. Would we so much that we'd pray and fast and get where God wants us to that just one little incident could cause a revival? I'm thinking of a woman that I recently was in contact with and can take you and show you where this is happening at right now. And she was working on a job when this man decided to take his life. And she said, no, you're not going to kill yourself either. I'm going to pray for you. And she rebuked that suicide spirit off of him. She prayed him through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She prayed him through till God had healed him and taken and straightened out his sorrowful life. And because of that one incident, they have a church over that one incident today running several hundred people, more than 400 people. That church is not quite yet two years old. It still works today. But I said, you will not understand an apostolic preacher. Here is a man... <laughs> Apostolic preachers are going to give God the glory and try to reach the unbeliever. Let me tell you something. The worst sin on earth is unbelief. He said, I thought it was being a drug addict. No. I thought it was being a, a, a woman of ill repute. No. I thought it was being an unfaithful husband. No. I thought it was being a drunkard. No. Them are all results of unbelief. The worst sin on earth is unbelief. When you hear, you don't believe. Because that will take you to all other forms of sin in great degradation. Amen. Amen. And unbelief is the first thing cast into hell. And so it is that Peter was trying to reach these people's unbelief. Now, I can imagine this morning, some of you have been around this church long enough to have seen some of these things in the past. But I can imagine this morning that if you would have seen this happen before your eyes this morning, there would be quite an escalation in here of joyful reaction that it would be hard for me to just continue speaking to you like I am right now. But the apostolic preacher looks at them and said, Why? Marvel ye. What are you excited about? Why uh, are you astonished? You look upon us as though we did it by some power 
of ours or holiness of ours have made this man to walk. Now you see where he's going at? He's going right back to the unbeliever. He's going right back after him again. The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our Father, hath glorified this Jesus Christ whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Couldn't find nothing wrong with him. You said crucify him, get rid of him, kill him. Hey, what are you saying here, Peter? I'm saying it don't make any difference if you disallow him. I'm saying it makes no difference if you disregard him. He is the one that is still performing these miracles today. He's the one that's causing them to happen. And it makes no difference how you feel about it. Why are you astonished and marvel? The power it God is greater than your finite mind. My God, help us to pray through. How many of you want to see Jesus Christ start working in such a mighty way? Hallelujah. I know we're apostolic around here. I know we repent of sins. I know we're baptized in Jesus' name just like they did in Acts, the second chapter, 38th verse. Acts, one through four, or Acts 2, 1 through 4. I know we're apostolic in that measure, but let me tell you something. There are some other things we need to be apostolic about, and that's in the power of Jesus Christ. It's amazing today how many apostolics are leaning upon the arms of professionalism. We need to lean upon that everlasting arm today. Hallelujah. I said we need to lean upon that everlasting arm. Oh, God forbid when we run the marriage counselors and all that stuff, when we got the greatest counselor of earth, you ought to read Isaiah 9 and 6. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'm glad I've got the Counselor inside. I'm glad I've got the Mighty God inside. I'm glad I've got the Prince of Peace inside. That's what you need is baptized with His Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I feel like shouting this morning. I feel like talking in tongues. I feel like worshiping God. I feel like praising Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, God. And then He said to them, He said, You killed the Prince of Life. You know, there's all these folks today who want their bodies healed. They want their marriage put together. They want their children's love, attention, affection, and things like they ought to be. They want life to go at its best, but they want it to go at its best and yet do without the prince of life. How can you have the kind of life you're supposed to have without the prince of life operating in your... You killed the prince of life. You can kill the prince of life by being an unbeliever and continuously rejecting him and his word. 
you can make it of no effect as though they did. And yet, you see, the problem for you is it's the same problem for them. A rock of offense, it'll become offensive. I uh, got over there yesterday in the pick quick brother. Um, Grubbs and I ate a sandwich and we bowed our heads and prayed and looked up and this guy looked like we beat him up. You know, it's, a, it's offensive uh, for you to bow your head and pray in public anymore. Makes people mad. They can't stand the prince of life. Anything that's holy, they detest it. They hate it. They can't stand it. Said them religious fanatics, look at them. Yeah, they call us fanatics because we're loyal to God. We're not fanatic because we pray. There's nothing fanatical about that. There's something heathenish when people don't want to pray. The Bible said the heathen knows not God. And there's, there's one thing I'm trying not to be today is a heathen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the way of the heathen. Oh, God, give us some people that'll try to be like him. I don't want to kill the prince of life out of my life, whom God has raised from the dead. Where are we are witness? And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Ye, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that ye through ignorance you did it as you did also to your rulers. That is the awfulest thing there is, is ignorance. And if you call somebody ignorant, they'll probably punch you in the teeth. <clears throat> But there, everybody is ignorant, especially when they disallow Jesus Christ in their life. And I'm even ignorant of some things. I don't know anybody that knows everything. Amen. But there's one thing I am not ignorant of, and that is Jesus Christ and his word and the power of. Thank God. If you open your Bible up to the book of Isaiah, the fifth chapter, you're going to find out that hell is opening her mouth without measure, and those that descend into it are ignorant. Amen. There are more people going to hell than God ever planned on going there. He never planned on as many going as are going. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Ignorance will take you to hell. Ignorance will cause you not to serve God. You need to become aware of. Praise God. Not theological arguments, but of the word of God. Amen. You say, well, this doesn't give us a right to make up our own minds. Oh, yes, it does. I beg your pardon. This is the only thing that gives you a right to make up your own mind. Not maybe in the measure you'd like to. You know, a lot of us would like to live for God and live for the world. And a lot would like to live for God and hold God with this hand and the devil with this hand. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God does not walk with the devil. They're enemies. 
and worldliness. God is not going to put up with you loving worldliness because he said, I'm a jealous God and I want you to serve me only. And you can't serve the world and serve God. You got to choose you this day who you are going to serve. That's the word of God. Make your choice. Is it heaven or is it hell? And a lot of folks today tell you they're not going to hell. Well, honey, when you get there, you'll find out they're the star of hell. I don't care what Armstrong says. Armstrong didn't write that book. And thank God this last week he passed away. Hallelujah. He's one of the biggest liars on the face of the earth. Amen. I'm glad for the word of God. There is a hell and there is a heaven. And you are making your decision one way or another by your actions or by accepting the word of God or rejecting the word of God. Ignorance, ignorance, ignorance. And God doesn't look over ignorance and neither does the law. You drive through a red light and say, oh, I didn't see it. They say, well, here, this will help remind you to watch for it. You drive through a stop sign, you say, well, I've been driving through this intersection for years and there never was a stop sign there before. They say, well, there is one now, and this here will remind you to look for it. Well, God, I never knew I had to this, and I never knew I had to that, and I never knew this and that. Didn't you have a book in your house of my letters, of my word? All you had to do was read it and study it. Hallelujah. The way of life was right there before you. Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Oh, but he said you did it through your ignorance. You know, we did a lot of things in our ignorance. How many of you glad the Lord forgave our ignorance? Huh? Aren't you glad the Lord forgave our ignorance? I did a lot of things because I was ignorant. But thank God he forgave me. Amen? All you got to do is repent. Humble yourself. That's what man doesn't want to do today is humble himself. But those things which God before had shewed by the mouth of his prophet that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. What are you saying again, Pastor? I'm saying again, he did it. Oh, but he can't do it no more. I can show you a great big church which is much bigger than this. I don't know if they have a lot more people go there, but the building's bigger. And you can go right up the street and go in there this morning. And that pastor will tell you this morning that the Lord can't heal no more. 
and that the Lord doesn't give out the Holy Ghost, only the 12 apostles got it. Amen. I still wonder, Sister Keller, if they still preach baptism for remission of sins. I haven't heard nothing out of them for so long. I just wonder if they still carry that on. Amen. I know most of them don't preach baptism in Jesus' name for remission of sins, but they did used to preach baptism was for remission of sins. Amen. But I haven't heard that out of them for so long that I wonder if they still keep it. They'll tell you that Jesus Christ is dead. He can't talk to you. His spirit don't minister to you that way. Who in the world would want to go to that kind of church where Jesus Christ is dead? If he can't do nothing for you, why go to church? Might as well go out and play pinochle. I don't mind telling you I'm glad I go to a church where he's alive and well and real. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. He called me into one of the biggest churches in this city. You would think by driving by it has a phenomenal membership and it probably does. But the people are so faithful to that church that they don't even have a meeting in the sanctuary on Sunday night. They meet in a little room upstairs. And they call me in. They, these are professionals, doctors and, and uh, school teachers. And they called me in. I guess they wanted to try to dissect me and pull me apart. You don't have to worry if you've got the Word of God. And they started in on me, and I was sitting there grinning like a possum. Professionalism cannot match the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. You don't believe it? Try it on me and see. We'll see how professional you are. And by the way, I've got doctor friends. I have eaten in their homes, been in their homes. And they living for God. Baptized one doctor's wife in Jesus' name and she got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Right after I preached like I did this morning. She come up to me after church. She was so mad. She said, by what you said, I'm not even saved. I said, I didn't say it. The Bible said it. She left church Sunday morning in a huff. Called up Sunday afternoon and said, I want to be baptized. (laughs) Hallelujah. The word of God can stand the test. Praise God. We baptized her. She received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And why the Lord took her, none of us knows. But he did. She was killed in an airplane crash. Amen. And I I wish we would have got farther than that. But the Lord knows what he's doing. 
Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I, I don't, I'm not down on doctors. But I'm down on professionalism that's down on my Jesus Christ. That's trying to belittle the power of my God. Amen. 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 That's what I'm down on. Your professionalism won't get it, honey. And I'm, I'm, I'm not against you being a professional. It'll help you in this life. But it won't help you in serving God. You've got to humble yourself and get down with the Word of God just like everybody else. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Them folks, they start shooting questions at me. I was sitting there grinning like a possum. I was ready. Fact is, I knew for a week I was going, so I got ready. It's the strangest thing that folks always ask the same. There was a Mennonite preacher come into my study one night in the old church. He like scared me to death. I thought only God and I was in this world, and I was mightily in the spirit studying. And he said, "Are you a Pentecostal preacher?" I never knew nobody's around. I like to jump slap right over that desk. Praise God. How he got up there without me hearing him, I still don't know. I said, yes, sir. I'm, you know, when I got my breath back, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. He's kind of grinning by then. <clears throat> he said, do you believe in speaking in tongues? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, would you come to our church and uh, teach us about speaking in tongues? <laughs> I'm about to fall off my chair. You sure you want this? Are you sure you know what you're asking for? Hallelujah. There are no preachers. I'll tell you what, I got a standing invitation. If you think your religion is so strong, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let your pastor come and teach his Bible studies in this church building for three nights. If he promises me, he'll let me come to his church building and teach three nights of Bible study. We'll see whose religion can take the test. And the only thing will be the deciding factor is the Bible, the Word of God. I couldn't believe that guy come. Glory be to God. You better believe I'll come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was going out there with a smile from ear to ear. I knew when I got amongst all of those old Mennonites, my work was cut out for me. And when I got up there, it looked like three, four hundred cars parked up around that church. And I thought, dear God, if you don't take over with the Holy Ghost, this is going to be the biggest mess you've ever seen. Hallelujah. And I walked in. I thought I was going into the main sanctuary. But you see, them old folks is the one that would kick him out if things didn't go right. And they started ushering me down this hallway. I thought maybe they would taking me back to the parking lot or something, you know. <clears throat> Took me downstairs, walked in there, and I couldn't believe my eyes. There must have been 60 or more teenagers in that church. 
And he said, we're going to discuss this with the young people tonight. Now, see, the reason why this stuff's going on is because Brother Stanford went over there to that Heston College, got a whole bunch of those Mennonite kids, and took them to Wichita and baptized them in Jesus' name, and bunches of them got the Holy Ghost. Some of them are even pastoring churches in Canada today, preaching this message among the Mennonites. And he was going to prove that we was full of baloney to his young people. I didn't even know what the score was, but God did. So I just went in fully loaded with a full load for a Gatling gun, you know. <clears throat> and there was a little podium over here and one over there in front of all these young people. And he said, now, you get this podium, and I'll take that one. And uh, he said, you get 15 minutes, and I'll take 15 minutes. And he said, uh, <clears throat> uh, you're to prove we're to speak in tongues, and I'm going to prove we're not. I said, fantastic, a debate. I didn't even know it was going to be in a debate. That's all right. Praise <laughs> God. Hallelujah. It can stand the test. Oh, a whole lot more than the debates come up against this. Praise God. So we started in. Well, boy, he started in the wrong place. Now, if you want to debate me, start in the second chapter of Acts. But he started in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. You know, you know, Paul said not to speak in tongues. If you can find in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians where Paul said not to speak in tongues, I'll give you a $50 bill before you leave this place this morning. I will show you in the verse next to the end of the chapter where Paul said, forbid not anybody to speak in tongues. At the front of the chapter where it said, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. So if you want to talk to God, you might ought to speak in tongues. Oh, don't debate me in that 14th chapter unless you know what's going on. Well, I let him give his little spill for 15 minutes and then I got up and I started in the 13th and the 12th chapter. There are a diversity of tongues. Different kinds of tongues. There's other tongues. There's tongues interpretation. There's unknown tongues. My God, he, he's coming apart the scene. He got up after I got through with my little 15 minutes. He said, we'll give Reverend Elder another 15 minutes. He said, I didn't even know there was so many kinds. After another 15 minutes, he stepped up and he really blew it then. He said, now for the next 30 minutes, we're going to let you young people ask him questions about the Bible. And you, mm, 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 mm. it was fun. I mean fun. 
more fun than shooting fish in a barrel. Hallelujah. Praise God. I heard five of those Mennonite young people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues without me even being around. You know why? The Word of God can stand the test. Them professionals started at me and that pastor knew that I might get what little handful of saints he had on Sunday night. He jumped up, he said, now wait just a minute, folks. We know that you have your theological arguments, but this young man right here is no dummy. He'll take that Bible and he'll put it to you if you're not careful. And then professionals started backing away. I was saying, why don't you keep your mouth shut? That's what I come up here for. You say, you're bragging about yourself, Brother Elder. I'm sorry, you haven't got the gist of this. I'm bragging about the same thing, P Peter. Why marvel? Why be astonished? It can stand the test. This Holy Ghost will take it. I'm going to tell you something tonight. You may have disallowed it, but he said, I will exalt myself by pouring out my spirit in the last day upon all flesh. The book of Acts is still alive, real, and working. It's one of the only ones in the New Testament that does not end with amen. Because it hasn't stopped yet. The book of Acts does not end with amen. Look at your last chapter and put an amen on the end of it. You won't find it. Look at all the rest of the books. You will find one other book, I think, in the New Testament doesn't end with amen. Book of John. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to preach to you for just a minute, church. I'm going to preach to you for a little while. Where's it at, Sister Wells? Ecclesiastes 11 and 1. I get so excited about this book of Acts, I can't hardly contain myself. I don't know why people don't get excited about the Bible. It's the greatest book in the world. It's done ten times more for me than Zing Gray ever has. Praise God. Where's it at? Oh, yeah. Praise God. There it is. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Now, Jesus said, or the writer here, the wisdom said, Cast whose bread? Cast whose bread? Cast thy bread. Cast thy bread upon the waters. You 
see any sense since I'm preaching two sermons this morning. Now, in Isaiah 55 and 11, Not near as fast as these glasses. Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing. And it shall prosper in the thing. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sin it. In Luke 11 chapter, Jesus was teaching us to pray. And I'm going to come back to that maybe next Sunday. I don't know where I'm going next Sunday morning yet, but there's so much in this book of Acts to preach that I've passed over. Some of you think that I really know a lot about it. Well, I haven't told you near as much about it as you should have heard. Hallelujah. But <clears throat> you see in the 11th chapter of Luke, Jesus told them how to pray. And then he gave a story, a parable, and said this man went to get bread at midnight because he didn't have any because a friend came. I'm wondering how many have that bread from heaven this morning. He did not say, preach the apostles' message. He did not say for us to just use him for conversion. But he said, cast thy bread upon the waters. Now, if you understand that when you read the Bible, that people are seas and people are waters, he is saying, cast thy bread then upon that humanity which is about you. That's what he's saying. Somebody said you throw bread on water, it gets sopped up and ain't fit to eat. Well, you missed the point. Hallelujah. What I'm talking about is not only fit to eat, but it'll do the inside of you so good, you'll want more. Amen. Jesus said, I give you bread from hip. He looked at the woman at the well in the third chapter of St. John. He said, hey, this that I give you, you're not going to thirst anymore. 
Hallelujah. There's a lot of folks eat the bread of the world. The world has a bread too. All while I'm on it, I think I'll just tell you, by the word of God, the world has a bread. Isaiah 57 and 20, he said, but the wicked are like the troubled sea. That's who we're supposed to cast our bread on, the waters. The wicked are like a troubled sea. Isaiah 57 and 20. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. The wicked is going to feed you something. Don't tell me you don't eat it. You're a spiritual man and you're a natural man. And Sister Molly, I don't care if you like tortillas or if you like T-bone steak. That's only taking care of the natural man. But when it comes to the spiritual man, Sister Amalia and I eat the same thing. And this world feeds you something. You eat it. You go try it out. Oh, you ought to go out to this beer joint, man, on a Saturday night. Yeah, I'll tell you what I've seen on a Saturday night out that beer joint out there on East 11th. I seen a young lady that was trying to rape out there one night about got killed. Now she lives in a rest home. She'd have been better off if she'd have got killed. 23, 4 years old, all the rest of her life in a rest home. <clears throat> what are you saying? I'm saying the world feeds you dirt and trash. They'll feed you the word of God ain't true. They, well, if they see you're serious about the Bible, they say, well, I believe some of it. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible said you better eat it all. It said eat the whole roll. Eat the whole roll. It said that in the book of Ezekiel and it says it again in the last book of Revelations. Eat the whole roll. And the world is feeding you dirt and mire and there is no peace saith my God to the wicked. I don't know about you tonight but I want peace. Hallelujah. This morning. Praise God. Now, Jesus said in the book of St. John, the sixth chapter, that he gave us some bread. Hallelujah. In St. John 6 and 3, he is telling these hard-headed, stubborn, obstinate, rebellious bunch of Jewish leaders that you serve the wrong one. In St. John 6 and the 32nd verse, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Woo. Wait a minute now. How many of you believe the word of God is bread from heaven? Well, I knew you'd jump on that, both feet. Didn't Moses give us much of the Word of God? My God, it's so quiet in here, I thought I went into a funeral home. And these heads are swimming around now. Hallelujah. said Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Hallelujah. But my father giveth you the true bread. So oh now brother Elder, I thought um, that the word of God was the bread from heaven. Yeah but in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And if you understood who's talking here. This is the same one that gave Moses the bread to pass out. But now this is not the one that giveth the bread to pass out, but this is the bread. <laughs> you ought to have the Holy Ghost. You think this is good? It gets better and better and better. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost interpreting that word because that is what it was written in. The Spirit of God. And when you get it in you, that word becomes a light that's never been before. Hallelujah. And he said, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now if you understand this, and you understand the fact of St. John 14 and 20, that he said, in that day, at that day, ye shall know that my Father is in me, and that I am in he, and that I am in you. Hallelujah. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that bread being in you. Hallelujah. There is a time when that bread comes into your life. It is when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You said, I read the Word of God. I've got the Word of God in me. Yeah, but without the Holy Ghost, it's dead. Because the Bible said that the Spirit and the Word agree. It's the Spirit that gives life to the bread. It's the Holy Ghost that makes the bread worthy to eat. 
It makes it alive. And the man said, Cast thy bread upon the waters. You don't find the New Testament apostles of praying God? Give us a better understanding of psychology. You don't find them, Lord, just give us wisdom and knowledge. There's a lot of folks today scared to death they're going to look stupid in front of somebody else. Honey, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ wasn't loved. What makes you think you're going to be loved by everybody? I'm going to stand up for him. I'm not out for a, a popularity contest. I'm out to make heaven my home. Hallelujah. 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 This is heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. And I done got my mind made up which way I'm going. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. He said, I am the bread from heaven. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Okay. I see you're all lost. Let's go back to church. Acts third chapter. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's get back to church where you can watch the tube here and see what's going on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're walking down the street. And here's a beggar out here with his cup, maybe banging it on something, hollering, look on me, how bad I am. And he's sitting right outside of the gate, beautiful, which is into the inner section of the church of the living God, which is inside of that gate are priests, rabbis of Israel, who are going through the motions of bringing you in contact with God who brings you all your deliverance. He has been sitting there now for 40 years never being delivered. And here comes one of them that's given himself to fasting. Here comes three of them that's given themselves to fasting. Three of them that's eyewitnesses of the mighty power of God. Three of them that do not care what the Jewish rabbis think inside that temple. They don't care what their traditions is. They themselves have been delivered from that tradition. They don't care about these things. All they know is that they're full of bread. They'd like to give out some bread this morning. They'd like to pass some of this wonderful stuff out. Hallelujah. That causes men to be different. Hallelujah. That changes men's lives. Uh, and as they walk up there uh, Peter looked at him and fastened his eyes on him and said give heed unto us hallelujah and Peter said silver and gold have I none but I've got some bread I've got something you've never seen before I've got 
what the priests in there are telling you they've got, but they don't use it for you. Amen. Amen. They're in these churches today telling folks they're breaking the bread of life to them. And they're getting up, walking out. Their families are disintegrating. Their lives are going down in alcohol and drugs. Even the professional world who's supposed to have the answers to men's problems today is caught on cocaine more than any users of our country. They don't have the answer. They have rejected the truth of life. They have rejected the prince of life. They have rejected bread that will satisfy you. That will give you all that you have need of. He said, I want you to know I have bread in the pantry this morning. Look on us. I want you to understand if there's an hour the church needs bread, it's right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it ought not to get dead in here. It ought to be somebody begin to say, Oh, yes, Lord, and begin a new work in me right now. Right now, Lord, begin your work in me. Praise God. Fill me with this spirit. Fill me with this power. Lord, I want to go out and cast my bread upon the sea, upon men who are thirsting, upon men who are confused, upon men who have no direction, upon people who are lost and going to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord and never find it. God, help the church get the bread pantry full. Get the bread pantry full and we can go out and cast our bread upon the waters. Hallelujah. Peter didn't say, now you stay right here. We're going to go get Jesus. No. He said, I've been with Jesus all week. Somebody said, but they couldn't have been with Jesus because he'd already went back to heaven. That's what they try to tell us today too, isn't it? But I'm sorry, friend. I spent a great portion yesterday evening with him. And I've been spending the very early morning hours with him. And I'm sharing with you right now some of our fellowship. Hallelujah. He's alive and he's real and he's evermore. Praise God. And I want to tell you, it don't make no difference if he did resurrect. He didn't leave us without hope. He said the Holy Ghost in St. John 14 and 26, the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost shall come in my name. Oh, what are you saying? And the day of Pentecost. You can have your Pentecost this morning. You can walk out of here. No, I'm not lying to you. It's real forevermore. Hallelujah. 
you can get this bread I'm talking about. It'll satisfy you. Amen. Amen. I tried dance floors like some of you. I tried alcohol like some of you. I tried out the ways of the world like some of you. I'll tell you something else I've tried out and it don't satisfy either and that's money. Oh, let me tell you what the wise man who had so much money that he paved his streets with solid silver nuggets that when the when Queen of Sheba come riding to his palace, her train come across pure silver nuggets like gravel in the street. Uh, he had so much money but when it was all said uh, he tried wisdom. Uh, he tried money. Uh, he tried life. Uh, he tried women. Uh, he tried preeminence. Uh, he tried it all out. Uh, and then when it was done uh, he said it is all. Every bit of it. All of it, vanity. And not is it only vanity, but it is vexation of my spirit, of my eternal soul. It does not satisfy. It will not keep me. It left me empty. My God, I'm talking about a bread this morning that money can't buy, that friends can't buy, relatives can't buy it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you this morning what I'm preaching. Uh, look on us. Uh, somebody said, how do you live for God like you do? Uh, let me say to you like Peter said to them, marvel not. Uh, don't be astounded uh, at the way I live for God uh, because you see uh, the builder, uh, the stone uh, that this world today is rejecting uh, and disallowing uh, and putting down his word uh, and said he don't live anymore uh, and said he can't do anymore uh, and says this and that about him. That's what's keeping me. Uh, that's the bread of my life. Uh, that's what's keeping me walking straight. That's what's keeping the Word of God burning in my soul. Hallelujah. That's what's healing my body. That's what's giving me strength. That's what's keeping my mind. That's what's keeping my marriage. That's what's keeping my children. Everything they throwed away. Everything they disallowed. That's what's keeping me this morning. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning and let's give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The altar's open. The altar's open. You can have this bread I'm preaching about this morning. All you got to do is what Acts 2.38 said. Just come up here and repent. Just come up here and talk to God. Just come up here and tell God you're changing your life. Just come up here and tell God, I want that bread from heaven. I want the Prince of Life alive in my life. I want the Prince of Life living in my soul. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ila hashala hakamo hoshianda. Sikianda shalamaho shanda ramakata. Praise the Lord. 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 Come on. You want the bread of life? You want the peace of life? Living in your soul? Come on. Come on and get it. Come on and get it. Hallelujah. He's down here. They've already got it. But that's so good. They want some more. Hallelujah. What about you that don't have any? Aren't you hungry this morning? Aren't you thirsting this morning? Oh, isn't there an empty spot? There's something lacking in my soul, brother elder. There's something missing. Yeah, but here's your opportunity to fill up that emptiness, uh, that hollow spot in your life. Come on! Hallelujah. The Lord's are calling after you this morning. Praise God. Come and seek his face while he may be found. Search after him while he may be found. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is coming. He's passing this way. Oh, this way. Oh, yeah. Today. Yes, my Jesus is passing. Thank God they're coming. Thank God they're coming. Hallelujah. He's passing this way.